Hello and welcome to episode 212 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Colin again. Be- yep, because of you, I'm doing this late again at night. Well, I say late, it's half eight at night, but that feels late. <laughs> night. Um, well, it's nearly night. Um, we're doing this again over Zoom. Um, it's nice yep. to see you again on, on camera. Um, it is, I know. It's, it kind of quite enjoyed because I'm quite camera shy, do you know what I mean? So this yeah. is like, kind of, because I it's know. you, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm comfortable. It mean? took us a good it's 14 nice, months to get you to do this. Now, you know, yeah. every week. So it's nice to know you're, um, you've, you've embraced it. Now you can get rid of me. Yeah, I expect you're on OnlyCam <laughs> site at some point soon. <laughs> I'm just um, gearing up for my porn career now. That's, that's exactly what it is, yep. <laughs> um, I can see what you're drinking. I'm, it's, it's shameful what you are drinking, but you want to tell everybody, the good people at home what you are drinking? Um, dude, it, it's cheap and it was a, kind of on the way home. I had to pick up a beer for the, the podcast. I'm drinking the, the, the king of beers, Budweiser. Yeah, so the less the less said about it, the better. As I, don't well, I, could, I don't think I could drink them if I tried. Them. I think it would. I think it would be like drinking water. I honestly, I think it would be really because you're so used to like sort of the palate of the, the craft beer. It would be like it would be like eating gourmet burgers all your life and something given a McDonald's. You're going, I don't know what the fuck this is to be honest. So you are becoming a beer wank. I am a beer wank. I know that. I'm very much aware of that. Yes. <laughs> I can, it's Budweiser. It is what it is, man. It, it goes down easy. Do you know I have I mean? drank many a Budweiser okay. in my time. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> mock it. I have. It's, it's, it's very cheap and it's very easy to drink. So yeah, I have drank yeah, more absolutely. than a few in my life. <laughs> what are you drinking? I got one specifically. Well, not specifically for you, but I have a bunch of them in the fridge. And I thought pick one for Colin, um, and it's by a Chicago um, brewery called Beagle, and it's oh. called Freebud. Oh, nice, man. That's yeah. a really cool can as well. It's like a phoenix, man. It's like my tattoo in my chest. Yeah, it's like so a I, thought phoenix, that's, yeah. I thought that's why I thought you'd like it, because I'll play Leonard Skinner and all that kind of stuff. I thought I'll break that problem. Yeah. Gee, Leonard Skinner tattoo as well. Yes. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. It is, it is quite citrusy. Um, I'm trying to think what it tastes a bit like. It does taste something, like, something I reckon, like a Scottish beer that I know. I can't remember what it was. What one it Maybe a little bit like um, Disco Forklift, a little bit. Oh, okay. I thought you were going yeah. to say tenants and what? No, oh. definitely not tenants. No. Oh. Um, it has flavour. Um, no, it's nice. It's definitely one. Again, it's one of those beers. I get in one of the beer boxes. I get sent out, and I'll probably never be able to find that again until I go to Chicago. I'll never find that again. So, but it's nice you're getting to sample all these yes. weird and wonderful brews. It's, it's yes. amazing. You're supporting all these wee kind of brewer companies as well. So, yes, yeah, good on you. You're doing world of service. Yes, so free yeah. American Pale Ale, only 5.6%. If you can find it, drink it. It's a nice, very sessionable drink. Um, but I don't imagine what you find it in this country. You have to buy it on some expensive website. It'll cost you like £9 a can or something along those lines, you know. So, and then £20 shipping. And, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. buy Bud- like buy Budweiser. Buy Budweiser, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can get it, because apparently we're going through a beer shortage in this country just now. Like, people can't get beer out places. There's all kinds shortages just now there's um we had last week nando's had to close restaurants because there's a shortage of chicken um mcdonald's will stop doing milkshakes Shakes, because there's yeah. a shortage of milk it's insane you but do go ironically there's no milk in a mcdonald's beer. milkshake which is odd <laughs> what's in it it's, it's, it's like potato and stuff in it what ah, it's, like, it? it's like ah, it's all like potato extracts and stuff like that. that's why they call it a mcflood they call it they don't call it a shake they call it something else because there's oh. literally no milk in it whatsoever <laughs> Still tastes good. It's I'll, I'll I mean, I, yeah. again, not going to mock it. I've had more than I'll take that. <laughs> uh, I've not really noticed any shortages up here yet. Uh, maybe Ayrshire's like not really been hit by it yet, but it feels like um, every time I turn on news, it's like it's constantly shortages somewhere. Have you seen anything Dude, in the city? You live in a fucking. I'm, wouldn't be surprised if it was a barbed wire compound around your <laughs> fucking village, keeping the rest of the world out. It's, um, <laughs> 
No, I've been Lorraine. I've noticed it quite a lot um, because Lorraine's quite big in the cooking. She buys a lot of fresh produce, right. and and there's been a lot of time we've went to get like fruit and veg, and there's just been like you know very little to choose from. So we, we've noticed it. It's just been quite noticeable for us. Yeah, I have noticed a few times. Like I did notice when I went um, to Silverman all day, and I saw like, Nando's was shut. That was a bit of a surprise. Um, but also, we went. Me and um, some friends went out for a meal maybe a few months ago, and we're going to go to a restaurant in Glasgow. It's like a Michelin star restaurant in Glasgow. And I can't remember the name of it now, um, but we didn't end up going there because they do like a seasonal menu. And I think uh-huh. obviously because they can't get a hold of the ingredients that they want to get a hold of, the seasonal menu did feel quite basic mm. compared mm. to what you looked at. Like if you looked at a menu that had say like six months ago or pre-COVID and stuff like that, I was like, oh, that's that looks delicious. Now it looks a little bit kind of like you know we're back to sort of Scottish meals have only been like mince and tatties and like boiled veggies. It was a bit like that, you know, it doesn't feel like it's was, quite the same um, range. Was this the restaurant in the West End? No, the one in the West End was the Ox and Finch, and it was very good. Um, right. But there was another one somewhere else. I think it might be in the West End as well, but it's like Scotland's only Michelin star restaurant. I'll have to get the name of it. I can't remember it um, nope. right now. Um, but yeah, we, we were really looking forward to going, and just the menu was a bit like, oh, no, that's not that great. Anyway, oh. enough about food. We're not a food podcast, but we're a food podcast. <laughs> um, we'll start with anything sort of movie news. Non cinema. Hey, what have you watched? Anything sort of like non cinematic that you've watched recently? Um, before we jump in, movie news this week. Oh, you um, got something? Oh, yeah, have we? We've lost, um, we've lost a bit of a legend, sir. Where did we lose um, this week? Ed Asner, is that? See, the only person I know Ed Asner as, I know him as um, the voice and, and up. He's the voice and up, he's also Santa and Elf as well. Oh, yes, yeah, so he is. Yeah, okay. um, and I had a week in a troll through his, his history. Um, I, I kind of vaguely remember this, but this is like kind of my parents' generation. But um, Lou Grant was was how most people probably identify him. Lou Grant was like a, a show that ran from like kind of seventy eight to eighty four, perhaps. And it's oh. uh, he was he was like a, a kind of TV mogul that, that that kind of made his way into journalism instead, and you know kind of ran a newspaper and stuff like that. Something you'd probably be interested in. He was the, the main character, Lou Grant, but that was like insanely popular back in the day, and that that is what he's pretty much mostly remembered as as, as being the, the Lou Grant character. I'm looking at 411 credits. Holy shit! Lot it um a lot a lot of animation um a lot of Marvel and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and DC SpongeBob and as well. Yeah, yeah, he's loads and loads of animation, video games as well. Um, the, the man had, I mean, he, you know, he, he obviously, you know, took took jobs for money, but he, he had a, a lot on his career. But um, yeah, I think Lou Reed is how he'll pretty much be be remembered um, for for years to come. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sad one. Um, just even just for up itself, that's um, you know, we've lost the old fella up, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, look at his his um. IMDB seems that he did not say no to a job um, in the sort of post-90s era. Yeah. Um, if you could get him on the phone, he was saying yes to it. Um, I mean, he, he, was, he was working right up until his death. A jobbing actor. Was. He's a guy who probably yeah. grew up in an yeah. era where if you got a job, you took the job because you might not get another job. So that mentality sort of remains almost, even when you're, you know, what was he, 90 when he passed away, something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's still that mentality of I must, if I can get a job, I must take the job. Yeah, you know? to be to be working at that age, I'll be lucky. If I mean, I'll, I'll just be kind of sitting in a piss-stained chair when I'm nine age. You know what I mean? And this yeah. man working as well. That's um, that's amazing. That's amazing. So that that's quite a sad one. That, that's sad. And uh, 
non-movie related, but Charlie Watts as well. Um, we lost Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones from up. He's, he's gone as well. I'm not a, I've never a Stones fan. Ma- not a massive fan, but you know, respect to the man and, and his legacy. So yeah, I'm R. told R. he was a very good drummer. I'm told he was um, a guy who he drummed in an unusual fashion. He was a jazz drummer who drummed for a rock and roll band. That's how you get the Stones got quite yeah. a unique sound out of that, based yeah. on the fact yeah. like, his rhythms were different from what you would normally expect. Yeah, and I think he was the kind of camera one in the band as well, the, the kind of, you know, not in the spotlight so much and, you know, a bit more kind of refrained from the, the rock and roll lifestyle as well. So, yeah, we've lost two, two, two good ones away, sadly. Oh, it's a shame, it's a shame. Yep, um, yeah, that's me done with my, my movie you know news. I feel like I'm turning to my grandparents now and just telling them about who died when we talk. Uh, now, you know, it's like, it's like we have no happy news, you know, it's like we need, to, we need some happy news coming up soon. Um <laughs> So, non-cinema watch, have you been watching anything of interest um, this week? Um, non-cinema, last night, um, me and Lorraine watched, um, it's really hard to say some stuff with a Scottish accent, but yeah. we watched Only Murders in the Building, um, okay. which, hey, what the God, yeah, that, that. That, that was quite well enunciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's um, a show on Disney, Disney. Star. Disney Star, and yeah. Spoiler free because I know you, you'll be interested, but it stars uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and okay. uh, Selena Gomez as free podcast aficionados. Um, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not liking uh, the podcast is becoming like a job you see in films now. Like it's sort of like it doesn't feel like a real job. It feels like, but it, but it is so it's big business, and I, I think know it is, it was being clever like... to, to latch on and use this. Yeah. Um, so the the three characters are obsessed with, with listening to true crime podcasts. Right. Okay. Um, they all like kind of cross paths from time to time, um, and then someone dies in their building, and they take it upon themselves to investigate because the police say it was a suicide, and uh, they're convinced otherwise. Um, and that's pretty much as far as we're up to on it. So we're just kind of finding out about who was murdered and uh, possibly murdered potentially, and uh-huh. you know, and, and kind of just developing the three characters. Um, it sounds a bit Ma- like um, there's a book that's been out recently, the Thursday Murder Club. Yes. Yeah. The guy, Richard Osman, the guy off of mm-hmm. like, Pointless Stuff, he wrote a book. It's apparently the biggest selling debut novel of all time. I think Lorraine's maybe just finished reading it this time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I do know Spielberg just bought the rights to it as well, which is interesting. It seems like it's got that kind of vibe to it, you know, sort of like, because yeah. the, the premise of that show, that book is like, they get like old case files and they look into them, they try and decide who murdered who and stuff like that. And they sort of look into it almost in a fun way. Then something happens in their little sort of village and they start mm. going about investigating it and put themselves where they shouldn't be. It feels like it's got that kind of vibe to it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's really, really nice about it is um, it, it's just that warm feeling you get when you see Martin and Short together. Because they, 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 they are funny. Yeah. They, they, they actually are funny. Um, but it's just, you can tell that they're two people that, you know, have worked together for a long time. They've just got this comfortable yes. chemistry. And it's, yeah. it, every time, you know, you see them, you just get out inside, you just warm up a wee bit, you know, and it's yeah. just dead sweet. Um, Selena Gomez is really good. And I, I've always quite liked Selena Gomez um, as an actress. I've seen her in a few things previously and we've been to see her and stuff. And she's always impressed me as an actual actress as well. Um, and she, she's really good in it as well to... To kind of compete, she's been tarnished two. by the whole like being a Disney kid thing, hasn't she? She's yeah, not really broken out of that yet, and um, she's still kind of struggling. Which is she's, a shame. She's done 
remember she done the um, Spring Breakers film? That was like mm-hmm. it wasn't a great, it was an interestingly weird film, but she was actually very good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like she's maybe more concentrating on her um, music, music career. But she's in that, she's, yeah. in the, she's in the Dead Don't Die, the Bill Murray zombie mm-hmm. one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she has done some interesting stuff, but yeah, she's not really broke out the same way you would think. Maybe some that you would expect that they break out. Definitely not. Like like kind of Timberlake stuff like that. But um, she she, she can act though. You know, she, yeah. she's really good. I, I like her a lot. And in this, she's she, her character's quite kind of dark, and she does it really well. But to go toe to toe with with Steve Martin and Martin Short, that's a big ask. And she, yeah, she doesn't. And you know, she she doesn't. She she's not putting the shadow at all. You know, she holds her own and her character is just as, as compelling as, as their characters as well. So yeah. it's really good show. There's only two episodes out just now. Um, it's about kind of 25 minutes, 30 minutes an episode. So it's a nice, gentle, quite easy watch. Um, really well written, really, really kind of funny as well. It's quite kind of subtle humour. There's a few kind of dark moments in there as well. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of getting really, really intriguing as to where it's going. Um, oh. It's kind of starting to go in directions you look. Okay, Do you know how many episodes, is, has it got an episode count? How many, it could be like 8, 10, 12, I, said. I'm not sure, but we couldn't even find what date drops, so we're not sure when the next one's dropping yet. Um, mm. But but I'd say, yeah, just for, for seeing Steve Martin and Martin Short back together again, even just for that alone, watch it. It's, 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 it's a good wee show. It's clever. It's nice to see something that's not, you know, just kind of relying on shock or horror or swearing or stuff like that you know it's, it's just kind of nice and easy watching it's based short, on so imdb they're saying 10 episodes so that seems like it'll be a nice ah. um and also interestingly apart from one they're all directed by women which is quite an interesting um hmm. um you know it gives you a different perspective on things perhaps yeah, i yeah. think that's something that i've noticed recently with filmmaking like you think surely a competent director male or female should do a, the same job but yeah. i've noticed in recent times, like sort of like you do notice a difference in sort of how the gaze of the film is and a TV show is is played, depending on depending on if it's a male or female right behind the camera. And yeah. like I said, the the, intro, the the way Harley Quinn is shown, for example, in the TV shows and in the um, the movies is is vastly oh, different. Birds of prey compared to the yeah, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, or even how yeah. I think the TV show on um, like the cartoon. Uh, it's sort of got a lot of female writers and directors on the, the, the cartoon. Um, and again, mm-hmm. you see you see the, the, the Harley Quinn and the Poison Ivy kind of a different way than it would be if they were in, you know, if it was directed the by the, the Hines Emil director. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think it is something interesting to look at. Yeah, cool. But um, yeah, so, so watch it. So Only Murders in the Building is, is definitely worth a watch. Um, Early and, and, and I think the, the reviews for it are very positive as yes, well. So it yes. seems to be universally loved. I, I will either watch it now or I will um, wait for the 10 to drop and then I'll fire into it then. You're such a binger. You really well, are. Well, that's weird. Actually, <laughs> see, the only thing I got during lockdown is to enjoy something that wasn't binging. Like, because I watched The Mandalorian, I watched all the Marvel shows, like the, um, you know, the Loki and the Captain yeah. America and all those ones. And I watched um, something else I watched recently. Oh, I watched What If, obviously. Um, yep. And... Big fan of Ted Lasso as well on Apple Plus, um, and I'm watching them week to week, and I'm actually we actually enjoy 
like sort of finishing work and sitting down to watch it, not not just sort of sitting there for like nine episodes and pretend you get to ninth episode, yeah. you're a little bit null by it. You're, you're but, burnt out. Um, oh. I've always I've always enjoyed that. It's, it's, it's exactly what you say. It's something you look forward to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like on a Wednesday. I look forward to what if, and do you know what I mean? It's just kind of with sweet tooth is on. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Kind of one episode at a time. We kind of treated that. You know, it was all there, but we kind of done one a week as well. Yeah, it's just nice having something. Yeah, just. It kind of takes me back to when I was a kid, do you know what I mean? Like, well, Saturdays, you would have the A team, do you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And I've always quite enjoyed that. It's just that wee anticipation that, oh, I can't wait to wedding anything. So. Well, I think some, even some, if you think of something like Loki and One Division, they would not have been half as big a hit as they were if they all dropped at once, because you always get somebody who'll watch them all in one day. Whereas, yeah. And the time, like, I might watch it all in one day, and I'm telling you, oh, you should watch it. We can't really talk about it because you're still four episodes behind and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And it's just sort of a bit confusing. Whereas, we're all watching it at the same rate. We're all watching it like when it comes out, and then so we're all we speculating the, at the same time. We can and, spend, yeah. spend the whole week talking about it. Then we all get to it, and we can spend the whole week talking about that. So we're all at the same pace. We're not no one's rushing ahead to try and get to the end and things like that. So to me, that that's what I can enjoy about it a lot. Good for you, sir. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Yes. You, you, that, this virus has grown you as a man. It's grown as a man, yes. Grown as a man. Um, anything else of interest, non-cinematic you watched? Uh, non-cinematic, no. No, no, that 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 that's all my nonsense. Oh, non-cinema. Sorry, at home, do you mean that's not in the cinema? Well, we can we, we can we can talk about a non-cinema film in a minute, but anything else of interest other than that? You oh, watch. right. Sorry, I watched the Cannonball Run. Why did you watch the Cannonball Run? Well, Lorraine said, "Look, let's watch a movie," and it was her choice. And she had bought Cannonball Run for some reason, and she said, "What about this?" And I said, "Please put it on," because that Cannonball Run for me is my childhood. Yes. This film used to be on every year, you know, for I was like kind of five years old, so I was like kind of 25 years old. Um, and we put on Cannibal Run and, dude, it took me back. I was just so, I was like, I was like a kid again. I was just smiling away, chuckling away, laughing away. Um, Lorraine didn't quite enjoy it as much. She didn't really see the point of all. Right, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what I would get from it as well. She thought it was a bit meandering, like, what is the point in this? Whereas for me, I'm like, it's just a series of skits. It's, it's a race is an excuse for a series of skits. Do you know what I mean? That's yes. all it is for me. Uh, so much fun. Um, Burt Reynolds charms the pants off you. Um, Jackie Chan's in it. Roger Moore plays Roger Moore perfectly in this one. Yeah. Um, he sends himself up. And uh, Jackie Lamb playing the Doctor. Every time he was in screen, I would crease over with laughter. Uh, so, How yeah, much... Of the cannonball run holds up, like in terms of how much is would how much of it would get it cancelled now? Like, is it a watchable film now, or is it questionably offensive? Um, it, it's it's definitely you know it's got sexist elements there, um, possibly maybe kind of racist overtones slightly, um, not in a cruel way, um, possibly just a kind of product of the of the times. I, think, I mean, it's not, it's not far removed from the Fast and Furious. Do, do you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. It's a fucking car race. Do you know what I mean? It's like let's go for you know one place to the other as fast as we can and have fun along the way. That that's it. Um, you know, it was done in it done in the, the kind of seventies, early eighties. There is going to be sexist jokes in there and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, you know, there's kind of women unzipping the, the, the kind of tops to not get speeding tickets and stuff like that. So I mean, so there is an element of that, but that, that's a product of the time. Um, but it, but it's definitely got a charm. Um, do you know what I mean as well? It's just just fun. So it is, um, there is a worry now with that. Like something you watch an old movie that you mm. find really funny, and you start watching it now, and you go. 
this this doesn't quite rub in the same way when you're watching it in yeah. 2020. You know, like I like yeah. one of my favorite oh, one of the films I love when I was growing up, I loved Porky's. Like, mm-hmm. Porky's, I thought was yeah. a hilarious movie. Like, I, I my mum and dad find me rolling on the floor laughing watching when I was like 13, which is like literally like hyperventilating from watching Porky's. Yeah, so, whereas now, now Porky's is quite, oh, no. Oh, my, I mean, there's some language used in Porky's, how to describe a certain gentleman in the film, um, which is just outrightly just offensive in every certain way. And but even just of, the, the, the objectification of women in it is yes, fucking. It's, Horrendous in it, like absolutely horrendous. But well, you know, but it was in less enlightened times. Yes, absolutely. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's I, I could feel myself heading down a Liam Neeson comments path here, which oh. I'm going to try and steer. Look, no, it's, it's really interesting thing because a lot of films that I really like still that I think I love, but then I look at them and go, "That's that it's not particularly great for this for for like as a walk or not not walk movie, just a sort of as representation movie, like." It's weird. I listened to a podcast today talking about Jaws, and to me, there's mm-hmm. no fault in Jaws. Like, there's no yeah. absolutely no fault. But one of the people on it was a woman who was talking about. It. She goes, "Like, I love Jaws." She goes, "I love Jaws," but it's an interesting film. In the fact it's a film about three white men with no women involved in it, and I'm going like, "Oh shit, it is." It literally is. It's like the whitest film in the world. There's like not a single white person of color in that entire film. The main protagonists are all three middle-aged white people, you know, and the only woman in the mm-hmm. film basically doesn't really do anything for the whole film. You go. If, if I was a woman watching that film and going, there's nothing here for me, which I totally, and yeah. it, it doesn't to me, it's still a great film to my, in my opinion, but when you look at it through a different say, are you going to go, oh shit, that is a really, that is not a great representative, representative film. It, it's probably right, but then I would probably bounce off that by saying, I don't imagine Spielberg having an internal monologue thinking any of no, that when he I'm, was right I making I, that film. It's, it's I don't think he was. Even, I don't think that's a point. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't think he's making, yeah. I don't think he's making all to like undermine like yeah. you know, people of color or or or, or um, women, it, just the product of the time of that's what it was, and because that was the first big blockbuster, the um, the template was set by that, and now then every that was called it was like you know obviously just all white men, and that's part of the that's probably the problem with the patriarchy, and that's kind of what everyone's trying to break now, what everyone should be yeah. trying to break. But just just an interesting idea, like when you watch something from a while ago and you still love it, but you're going to go, this is a really, it's it's something that can be a quite uncomfortable watch sometimes. Like you're going, this is not, this, this doesn't feel right. Whereas like something like mm. Alien for me still works because Alien, it's like the, the crew of that film are all pretty much, it's, it's mixed. It's, you know, there's women, there's men in it, there's, there's yeah. black black people, there's white people, there's yeah. older, younger. It's, it feels like a, a properly mixed crew. Same as Star Trek as well. Same idea. Yeah. It's, it's a mixed crew. So you can get why people would gravitate towards that, but then you watch something like Mission Impossible and you go like, there's not a single person of colour in this entire film, you know? Yeah. And there's no women in it who don't, you know, we did not pass the Bechdel test at any point during the film. And anyway, yeah. I just said something negative about Jaws and I'm, I'm upset with myself now. <laughs> but no, Cannibal Run, pro- people will find offence at anything anyway. Yes, um, and yeah, I mean, it is a product of its times when, you know, there was a kind of later attitude to, to you know, like kind of sex and stuff like that. But, it, but it's still funny as well. And it's not all, you know, just tits, ass and, and, and you know, racial studies. It's not, you know what I mean? There's a lot more to it than that as well. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And like I say, um, Jackie Elam um, just totally blow, blows me away. And that film is amazing. I was I have to try and think. I'm not watching it. My, my, my granddad liked it because um, he, he loved all the kind of films. So I'm after trying to find it and watch it and see if I... Um, I interestingly, which I, I kind of checked out the Did You Know section on IMDb and apparently... Um, Jackie Chan um, 
didn't realise that we're going to do the outcuts from it. And when he watched the film back, he seen the outcuts, and that's why Jackie Chan does all the, the outcuts in his ah, films. It? It's because Cannonball Run done that. So yeah, inspired Jackie Chan to do his his famous outcuts, which is that not bad. Jackie's thing. first like Europe or British, American movie. I believe maybe his first. I think he did kind of done Hong Kong movies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. movies in China before that. But yeah, I think that was maybe his first his first kind of Western movie. You know. It makes you realize how old Jackie Chan is. He's around at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. And he's, he's Jackie Chan in it as well. That's Aye. his character is Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie Chan's in a film with Dean Martin. Like Dean Martin seems oh, like a bit of a generation before. So me and Lorraine were watching it, and, and every time Dean Martin came on the screen, it was like Dean Martin in that film just looked like an alcoholic. Onset, do you know what I mean? I mean like you look was he not an alcoholic onset, pretty much? It, uh, yeah, but I mean, when you look at him, but it, it's jarring. It's like, wow, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How is he? How is he delivering lines? Do you yeah, know what I mean? it's, it's wow, it's, it's crazy. You need to watch it just to see that every scene. You just look at his face and you're like, that's incredible. Do you know like this so, man's so bloated. It, he can function, do you know what I mean? Oh. It's, just, it's insane, man. It was proper, like, wow, nice. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> watch a cannonball run. Yeah, go on, it's fun. It's fun. I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it and rewatch it. Come on, watch it. And I, I, do you know what? See if that offends you, turn it off and don't watch it. True, yeah. but that's the point. If a film yeah. offends you, and equally, oh. I think there's, there's something to be said, I'm not for watching a racist movie, you know, because I feel yeah. that sometimes films are made to be racist for racist sake, yeah. and, that, and that's not right. But you can somebody watch a film from a different era, and you can under and you can try and find something to make it try and make it understandable to make you sort of learn from it. And if yeah. if I'm now watching films from like the seventies and I'm learning stuff, I'm, I'm going, why is there a woman in this film? Why is there people calling this film? Why are the women only talking about the men in the film? It makes me realize, well, maybe I am growing as a person. I'm learning, you know, about. I feel like I'm becoming a better person because of it. You know, again, that, Liam, that's Liam, for me. it's the Liam Neeson scenario that that's what it is liam said the shit he said and then he said but afterwards but i've grown do you know what i mean mm. that was liam neeson in the, the 70s this is liam neeson now mm. and it's like you know but if people if you don't let people change how can they change do, mm. do you know what i mean it's like yeah look, people need to change for you to to realize that yeah they understand yeah. what was wrong in the first place you know it's that different right wall right not a garden yeah. path for i do think myself now watch i do watch oh. offensive watching <laughs> films now and I'm waiting to see if they can pass the Bechdel test. Do you know what the Bechdel test is? No. It's a basically, I think it's, I think it's a Norwegian idea, and it's some Norwegian podcast I'm made up. And it's basically the idea that there has to, to pass the Bechdel test, you have to have one line of dialogue between two women that's not about a man. Right. Okay. And it's okay. genuinely amazing how many films cannot even pass that insanely low, low bar. That is a fucking low bar. That, that uh-huh. is like, that's not even a bar, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. But if, if I think, from what I remember, I remember reading like something like 2017 or something like that, of the, like say, a thousand films put out by Hollywood, something like only like 5% actually passed the Bechdel test. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty insane. So I was quite excited. When I was watching Fast and Furious 9, it, amazingly it passes it. Like there's a moment in that really? film where two women talk about something not a man, and you're going, "Oh, they've got it. They're past. They're fine. They've you done know? it." I'm going. To, I'm going. To, you've put this in my head now, and I'm going to start watching films with this like fucking test. I'm going to miss it. I don't look for it specifically, but if I hear two, if I hear two cats talking about something, it's not. I'm going, oh shit! They're the past. The past. There we go. Right. I'm going to look out for that. Look out for that now. Yes. 
thank you for that. You're going to dist- I'm not going to fucking get a plot of any films now because yeah. I'm going to be so busy focusing on that. I'll be like, what's that film about? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, move, move on to the films of note this week that we have watched. Um, uh, make some, we've, watched, we've both watched a couple of them, actually. To, uh, not together, mm. but we have both watched them. So we'll start mm-hmm. with one that's on Disney+, Plus, um, and that is a film called Vacation Friends, directed yes. by Clay Tarver. It's his debut... Um, directing job. He was a writer of the film Joyride. I don't know if you remember that kind of horror film from the like, sort of early 2000s. I don't think I've seen that. I think it came out in time like, around about saying like Final Destinations and all the kind of ones. So it was like kind of in that kind of the guise of that. Um, the plot of this film is a couple are going on holiday and they go to this very fancy resort. They're going to be they're quite a, I would say, what was it, upper crust, very sort of very buttoned up couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, they start the holiday, everything goes awry. So they end up having to bed up with another couple who are definitely the, the sort of poor opposite to them who are you know, living life for the living. Spirits. Yeah. Free spirits. Free spirits for living. <laughs> um, they have a great time on holiday and that's where they think it's going to be anything. They can go their separate ways and then return to their, their normal lives. Um, unbeknownst to them, as they're getting married, these two people then turn up at the wedding and cause all merry chaos at the wedding. That's yeah. basically the plot, yes. Right, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's not you know, it's not a complex film at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the yeah. film you've got playing the the free spirit husband is John Cena. Yeah, um, John also, Cena. You've got he's not it's he's not electrifying in sports entertainment. I think that's the rock. What's John Cena? John, what do you mean? Like, what's his like sort of wrestling moniker? Uh, I think he was just like a kind of big marine, shouty marine type. I mean, you know, like, everyone, like, The Rock's always, like, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and stuff like that. Is, is John Cena not got, like, a sort of, like, a, a sort of tagline yeah, as he walks in? It's just a hard man. I don't know. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Just, um, <laughs> playing his wife is Meredith Hagner. Um, and the, the couple, the other couple are, sorry, the sort of more conservative couple are Lil Rel Howry, who we've seen a few things recently. He seems to be getting around us now. And yep. Yvonne Orgy. Orgy, O-G-I, O-R-G-I, I think it's Orgy, it's pronounced, um, I'm not 100% sure on that surname, unfortunately. <laughs> you um, need to be careful with that one. <laughs> yeah. Andrews, do you know who Mer- Meredith Hagner is? And this really freaked me out when I found this out. She is the wife of, uh, what's his face, Russell? White Russell. Russell. But do you not yeah. think she looks eerily like, like Goldie Hawn? No, she looks I eerily think- like Kate Hudson. I also think Goldie Hawn as well, Which, the Goldie Hawn vibe about her. That's, that's, I was like, there's a, there's definitely a, you know... It began to freak me out a little bit because I didn't notice it at first until when I'm going, holy shit, she... And there's a couple of scenes you go, she is exactly like Kate Hudson in a few films. going, like, he has married his sister. You know, he's like, steps are going... And now you say, like, the mum is really going, oh, this... Like, the white Russell needs I get, some therapy. I, I get a Goldie Hawn vibe from him. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, the Russell men have a... You know, they've got a type, for sure. Yeah, but I think sure. white Russell needs some therapy. If he's if my woman who's exactly like his mother, that is definitely a worry. Most of us do it, but we're all a bit more subtle about it, I think, you know? Well, did it not say girls marry their fathers, I guess? So maybe it's the opposite for the rest it, of the I family. mean, it probably is, but it's just, it, began, it, was, it, was how, it was how like Kate Hudson she was. And going, you've married someone who's like his stepsister, and that just did really... He's helped her form of white Russell's looking for now. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll start on this one. I... I had very low expectations for this film. Um, the, the trailer doesn't really sell it. The poster doesn't really sell it. It doesn't look like much of a film. I found it a surprisingly enjoyable, funny studio comedy. It's by no means a great comedy, um, but for like a Friday night brainless comedy, when you sort of want to watch something after a hard day at work and let it wash over you, it's absolutely fine. The cast all bring the right energy. I thought they, um, they, they, like both couples actually work well with each other. I thought John Cena was 
remarkably charming in this and sort of like brings all the charm and you actually go I can see myself following him into sort of these ridiculous situations I, I would smile and put off by him he seems like a fun guy I thought Meredith Hagner was really funny I thought she was actually the kind of breakout roles I thought she was genuinely really enjoyable um, I'd applaud it for not overloading like the thing that comedies do this now is they overload like tertiary characters like everyone's got like, like so many third party characters we've got a storyline as well this kept it pretty much to the two couples there's a wee bit of an, an offshoot with the brother-in-law and a wee bit yeah. of an offshoot with the, the dad. But that's minor. Yeah. yeah. In, like, in an R film made directed by, say, like, um, you know, uh, who's one you don't like? Like, a Miss McCarthy film. There would be yeah. a whole storyline about the bill, the, the, the receptionist. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that a whole spin-off story about that as well. They didn't have that. So, really like that. They kept it quite trimmed down to, like, sort of these, these four people, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty predictable. You, yeah, you can, see, you can see most twists and turns coming. It's not like it's not like going to surprise you, but it moves along nicely. In a hundred minutes with credits, I am all about that. That was that was enjoyable. Yeah, I said by no means a great film, but I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. What about you? Yeah, I really really liked it. Yeah, um, that's good. Me, yeah. me, me and Larry watched it together. I was like, because it was my choice, and I was like, right, Richard's going to watch it, so let's watch it. And we watched it all night, and we both chuckled away all the right bits. And exactly what you're saying, it's it's not complicated. It's no. not trying to baffle you. It's just fun. Um, <laughs> the opening sequence was really funny. Um, the, the, the concierge hotel manager, I thought he was amazing. He was he, he was, was stand out for me. He made the right amount in it. They didn't have my size. Yeah, quest. it, it was like, give him his wee yeah. moment in it. That was it. Um, yeah. Again, John Cena was great. He's done comedy before Cena, and I've, I've laughed at him in, in quite a few things. Cena, I think he's he's, he's not quite got the the rocks charm. Jumping like rocks, no. kind of mega stardom. Um, but you know, he's definitely there or thereabouts. He's get he's edging his weapon. He's a funny guy. He's definitely a really really the funny rock guy. Doesn't do this straight out comedy. The rock kind of does sort of like family friendly kind of stuff. He doesn't really do the sort of. This kind of comedy, the only way you try to do yeah. this kind of comedy might be Baywatch, and it was horrendous if you if you recall yeah, that. That 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 wasn't wasn't very good. And um, the standout, the standout scenes for me were um the the, the fox hunt was brilliant, very funny. Um, yes, we, we yes. Larry were just laughing asses off at that. Um, as I say, just the, the kind of opening twenty minutes when they're in Mexico, I thought all of that was was brilliantly handled. Yep. Um, and and her speech at the end about the baby that was genius as well. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, we just we, we just chuckled all the way through. It was oh. just like a, a warm, lovely wee movie. And yeah, when you look at, I looked at the reviews for it, and it's getting a lot of love. Um, pretty much people saying exactly what we're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it just it delivers what you want from it. You know, you oh. just you watch it, it makes you laugh, and and it's done. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't try and labour. It doesn't, you know, try and there's, there's no kind of big message in there doesn't put no. you it's just it's fun man it's, it's a really really good film thank yeah. you for telling me to watch it I was no like, definitely I'm like, I, I'm, I was generally surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it because like I said I had absolutely zero expectation in for it um, and maybe that helped it you know I'm thinking well, is it going to be a bad film it looks like it's so I had visions of that in that film I Ibiza we watched at one point remember like it was on Netflix oh, yeah yeah yeah. that was horrendous yeah, I, I had kind of visions of something terrible. like that um, all like sort of a rip off of like um uh, I think that one, like sort of like you know, not rip off of, but remember that one, like sort of, so one with Jennifer Aniston and that, and they go to like sort of the Barbados and stuff like that. It's like, friend, like I know that I know the type I've, of film you mean, but that, you know, that, they, this has done well. You know, it's just it knows exactly what it is, and it's not trying to be anything. It's just you know, it's, it's in its own wee box, and it's like there you go. It's just 
wee bow on the top and yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. It's one of those ones that it, it, this is going to be a word of mouth film because I'll, mm. I'll tell people to watch it and I'll, I'll, I'll run about it. And there's no way you can watch it and not laugh at least once. I like, think so, yeah. I think you know, I, 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 mean, I need to have at least five laughs in a comedy to make it think yeah, it's worth the time. And I, I laughed at that, least five times watching this. Oh, easy, easily. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, the, the, the girl was good. Um, standout for me was probably John Cena as well and the hotel manager. I just thought he was fantastic at the start. He was yeah. just brilliant. I was like, wow, I could have watched him. I could have watched him more, do you know what I mean? They did. It, it was there to move it along and they done it, but I could have watched him quite happily more and more and more. It was a brilliant film. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that choice. Uh, what do you about a 10? I think I gave it an 8 out of 10, sir. You, was, did you give it a lot more? I, yeah. gave it a six, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I, I really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to go nuts on it. I, I enjoyed but it a 6 out of 10. I think, it, think what you said at the start nails this one is it's a perfect, you know, you've had a shitty day at work, you come home, you know, um, you sit down with, with your, your significant other, and, you know, if you're in the right frame of mind, stuff like that is just golden. And I think we were just both, you know, been working had a shit time and you know we're, let's put something on and it yeah. just you know it was just cozy and it was nice and yeah. we were sitting there with a lamp on you know and we had a wee candle burning in the background and you know we were just laughing away and by the end it was like you know it was like kind of cathartic you know I was like I needed that do you know what I mean yeah. I needed that escape and I, I think that's why I, I gave it that higher score Um maybe of a different company I watched it with someone else I watched it myself it might have scored lower but I do yes. you know I've, I've noticed that a lot particularly because I take my kids to see a lot of kind of movies or juniors and stuff like that. There's films that are probably really bad, but because the kids are there and they're laughing, you laughing, it makes you know it makes a film. I think who you're watching it with makes makes a film better. Hundred percent. Like I've I've I think one of the big things I've noticed during uh, lockdown again is is um, things like horrors and comedies are the two films, two genres that I feel that I've struggled to watch by myself. Yeah. Like I actually, you kind of need that. sort of communal aspect to it. Like, yeah. I can watch a good... Like, you can watch a good thriller by yourself and be totally fine with it. I have no problem watching that. You know, you watch a good drama, a good, you know, sort of, like a good romance and that. You're fine with it. But the comedy, you can almost want to the reassures of other people laughing with you a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. You feel, it's, you know, you're not going to sit to yourself and live all because people do, but it's, it's kind of, you know, you're like, I'm watching this myself. I can't laugh, but yeah, uh-huh. you're sitting with you're sitting with Jill, and I'm sitting with Lorraine, and you're, you're laughing with each other. Do you know what I mean as well? Yeah. And it, it definitely lifts it that that bit higher for sure. In horror sure. as well, you want if you mm-hmm. need that sort of it, it feels better with that communal aspect. When you watch horror by yourself, I just don't think it has the same resonance. Um, yeah, I watch like the Quiet Place. I've watched since I've watched in the cinema. Nothing compares to watching it the first time in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the second one, I was really glad the second one of that actually went in the cinema before it. You know, then just put it straight to you know, yeah, rental or something like that because I felt it needed best cinema release. It needed, yeah, it needed that atmosphere again, definitely. Yeah. What I love with horrors is um, Lorraine's quite jumpy at horrors, and I always like being with a jumpy person because that reaction <laughs> just lifts the movie so much. Yeah, for me, it's brilliant. But, you know, you see her cringing and wincing and I'm like, this is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just adds so much more. So it could be like a really bad film, but just that reaction will just give it that wee extra point or two. So that's why I gave it an 8 out of 10 is because we both watched it and we both laughed at, you know, at the same time and yeah. all the, the funny stuff worked for us. And but you, may, really... you might not watch it again, you probably, or you might watch it once, but you might not watch it again, but mm. you had a happy memory watching it. And that's Absolutely. And see, I reckon, I'll tell people to watch it. Do you know what I mean? It's all one right. of those ones I'll say, you know, to my brother, Check this one out, and he'll say it to someone else. And I guess that that's 
you know, that's what gives it that that cult status or yeah. pushes it onto a you know a, a kind of bigger bigger film than it should be. Yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of horror, move on to sort of the big horror release right now, and a film that's done massive business, becoming like sort of the, the first time um, a woman of color who has rated a film has got to number one in the box office charts, and that film is Candyman. It's directed by Nina De Costa, who directed a film called Little Woods. Um, and I've drawn this film, it's the writer and producer of the film is Jordan Peele of obviously Get Out and Us. And Jordan Peele is big business in, in the horror um, genre right now. Did you like to get around to watching his Twilight Zone out of interest? Uh, no, I never. No? no, good, really no. good. Some, some, well, it's like any Twilight Zone series, there's some really good episodes. There's some, some really bad episodes. Just some early episodes and some really, maybe, I think maybe two, I thought were like, this is crap. But some really, yeah. some really, really good ones. You go, oh, that's a really, I like that. That's really well done, really creepy and really puts you on edge. Anyway, Candyman is the reboot sequel of the 1992 film. So it, yeah. it's, more of a, it's more of a sequel than a reboot, to be fair, isn't it? It's sort of all yeah, the direct yeah. sequel. It, it's lifting from the lore of the original, yeah. definitely. It's not It's not kind of taking it and changing the whole premise. Yeah. The, the, the lore's still there, yeah. Yeah. So basically it's about um, the Candyman, who is a killer um, or a sort of demonic supernatural force in Chicago who is killing people if you say his name five times in the mirror. Um, Which I've still never fucking done yet. I refuse to do it. I, 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 I'm, do not it. The, I'm not taking the risk on that shit. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a grown man. I'm fucking 50 years old and I won't do that shit yeah. still. I mean, I've seen the original. I loved it. And not, no, I'm not. I don't yeah. care. And I know yeah. it's stupid. I'm not fucking yeah. doing it. But as is this a film, a lot of people do say the, the five words in a mirror, and because of that, <laughs> you know, um, all sort of violence in, in, uh, ensues. And the, the kind of basic premise of the film is sort of a young artist who's sort of investigating sort of the, the sort of the sort of projects, urban myth. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the urban myth of it, um, and mm-hmm. he sort of becomes enveloped by it, and it sort of ties into the original film, um, yeah. and the sort of the lore of what the original. Candyman story was, and then how that sort of, and how it's, how that's been shaped by the community, um, yeah. and by the by the people to sort of like tell it in a different way, um, to to sort, of, and it's quite interesting idea of like, you know, who the good guy and who the bad guy is, and you can see that in the media just now, like you know how you can frame a story, you can make someone who is the right person, put them in the wrong very easily, um, yeah. and in the film you've got um, Yaka Abdul Mateen II, which is an absolutely phenomenal name, um, he, <laughs> he plays sort of the, the main artist, uh, Tiona Paris. Uh, Nathan Stewart Jara and Common Domingo. Um, not a lot of people I know. The only person I knew, I knew the woman, uh, Tayona Parry, uh, Paris. Uh, she was in uh, Dear White People and also in the Spike Lee film Chirac, which is a great Spike Lee film. I didn't get enough credit. Um, but most of the cast I didn't really recognize from a lot of stuff. So this was sort of yeah. a nice kind of drop because they're all very good in it. Um, I like, I started with the last one. You're, you're the big horror man. Um, so I'm intrigued to know what did you think of this one? Um, I was. Bitterly disappointed. Ooh, um, I, ca- I came out feeling really quite sad and upset that they'd taken a film that I'd loved so much from from back in the day, and and just ripped it apart and took any ounce of you know kind of horror and 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 just it just it was horrible. It was just an awful, 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 awful film. It was very, very, very preachy. Um, I get this word again. It was very woke, very yeah. preachy very political um i felt like shit for being white almost as you should uh, do, as you should do, do you know what i mean but, but yeah. Uh, yeah um and the the horror elements were poorly done um it was all i would argue i would argue it's not a horror 
No, I know it's more a thriller with with gore in it because I think, but that's I think that's something generally has become a a bit of a a staple of horror recently, and with the sort of new breed of horror where it's like sort of, you know, taking horror to like the new postmodern sort of direction where horror's not horror, horror's something else. You know, you think of stuff like this and the lighthouse and us and Get Out and things like that, where it's it's more about like tone and atmosphere and almost being a thriller and just sort of hiding it within the horror genre because. Most of those films, they're very good, but they're not scary. They're not, they're not horrors. They're, they're, no. they're, sort of, they're unsettling. At no point in this did I feel scared, unsettled, worried, concerned, nothing at all. I, no, no, honestly, the bathroom? No, not, it was just, all of it was just, it was just boring. Um, mm. I, again, it was it was preachy as hell. Um, some of the dialogue was, was atrocious, you know, the, the, the kind of art explanations and stuff like that, I, I found very pretentious as well. I think that's a point, though. I think it's meant to um, be like that. I just, I, I, honestly, I, I was kind of felt bored watching it and I was kind of waiting for it to finish, saying hurry up and finish, and I was just bitterly disappointed. Um, so Candyman, the original Candyman, um, Tony Todd kind of breathed life into that character. Yeah. Um, the Candyman character. He made that character. And, mm-hmm. and this film just it just kind of took so much away from that and just ripped it all up and threw it away. And I'm like, don't don't do that to, to Candyman. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got such a great blueprint there to work from. And they just fucked it up so much. I was I was honestly really, really, really sad. Like just disappointed. Uh, just that we were shuffled out of the cinema, just silencing and I was just head down and I was like, oh, Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that was it. Like, oh, <laughs> what did you think of it? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I actually I enjoyed it mostly. Um, I thought it was a very, like I said, atmospheric and creepy, but it was a thriller. It's, it's not really a horror. Um, there are some genuinely quite gory bits in it, to be fair. Like some of the kills are pretty gory, but they're not ah, scary. They're not scary. Yeah. I didn't even think, well, like, I think a lot of the kills, but they've done this thing where. You would you wouldn't see what was going on. You would see blood, and like, I don't want to. I want to see Candyman's this villain with a fucking hook for a hand. You know who, who is visceral as fuck. You know he's like kind of you know like Wolverine with one claw. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, mean? it's like, I, I want to see shit happen, and it just never never gave me it, man. I liked it. I liked actually. Yeah, yeah. Abdul as the sort of central character. I thought he's actually really good. I thought the rest of the cast were also very good. And um, there was a sense of realness to who each person was, um, which I did like. Um, I thought some production design was fantastic, like the sort of maquettes showing the history of the Candyman and sort of how they told the story through the channel puppets. I did really like enjoyed that. that. Mm. I really liked that. Um, I thought it was really, I thought, I thought it was an interesting way, rather than just someone reading, you know, something on like a sort of microfilm or on like the internet or something. It was, a, it was a, uh, you know, it was a nice way to tell the ghost story essentially, which I thought was was really good. Um, the, the deep dive into lore I thought was interesting. Like I'm with you. This, it, it was a film that was except it was always more concerned with making a point rather than being a horror. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's make a lot of yeah. points about you know who the baddie is and who and who the you know how people perceive the baddie. You know, the idea of like you know sort of the stuff with him as a young boy shouting and it's the, the guy who the original Candyman was isn't actually the Candyman. You know, it's the sort of yeah. the police kill him for no reason type thing and it's. Yeah, you know the idea of like you know that kind of stuff, and it's obviously the, the black rage that's sort of yeah, yeah there. Yeah. And I get it, and maybe this comes from the fact that the film who who directed the first one? Do you remember? I can't. I'm afraid. Sorry, buddy. I'm assuming it was a white guy. Um, I'm not actually too sure. Not too sure at all. Um, okay. it, it, Whereas it this, this film directed by a, a, a woman of color, so mm. you're going to get a different again. It's all about perception of what the film is and a time when it's getting made because the film isn't. 
you know, it's made um, like now during like sort of, you know, a time of like, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything that's made in that time. So there's a different perception of, of what society is just now. You know, so that's going to give you something different to when the film, the original film made in like 92, you know, and from what I remember of the original Candyman, you don't know, the, the black guy is the villain, essentially. You know, that's... Mm. Okay, well, I don't know. The original one was like, but I don't know. The original kind of, it, it was a love story. There was because for the, the Virginia Madsen character, you know, um, was kind of almost in love with the Tony Todd character. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? There was like this kind of romanticism as well. And do you know what I mean? It just, it just, I don't know. It just missed. It missed the point of Candyman altogether, and it just took it and just fucked with it too much. I mean, um, it just, it, it just hurt my feelings. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's, I think it's rejuvenated some of the franchise. I think it's a, I mean, kind of remember, really, kind of remember really much a franchise. Only like two films, wasn't it? Three, three, three. There was. Um, yeah. But it's, it, oh, so it's no one really calling out for the Candyman to come back. It's not really. I think people are sort of screaming for the Candyman to come back, and he is sort of almost like the. Th- Third or fourth big villain, you know, you've got your, your Michael mm. Myers, you've got your Freddy, Freddy Krueger, yeah, yeah. then you've got Candyman, sort of like, or even Hellraiser. Him, him and Hellraiser yeah. sort of in the same, it's the same plane of like sort of almost more of a cult than a cult, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm. um, but I liked it because I think this could so very easily become the generic horror film that maybe you're wanting in different hands. You know, if you put this in the hands of, you know, like a I think a director who would be sort of like sort of your, the guy who directs Paranormal Activity 4. He could write Candyman too, but it'd be a very generic Candyman as a killer. Let's just go with that. There's not much to is it. That, is, is that a bad thing though? Well, I mean? to me it is, because I think mm-hmm. I like the fact that they moved the story and I like the fact that they breathe life into it. And I'm, I'm actually very much enjoying this um, kind of new breed of horror, you know, when it's sort of less about horror, more about the sort of atmosphere. Because I mean, all the horror films that I've liked recently, they haven't scared me to the point I'm like jumping out of my seat. But they've got in my head to the point where I'm sitting in the cinema feeling uncomfortable, and then when I'm walking out of the cinema, I'm still feeling uncomfortable as hell. You know, like yeah. that one, it, like it follows, creeped me out for days. <laughs> but I just, I, I kind of get that this didn't do it up. I get what you mean. Um, I kind of, I suppose I'm a bit like that last week when I was ranting with about the night house. You know, I mean, I went to see it kind of twice, you know, one night after the other and stuff like that. I, I kind of get that because it's in my head. This just didn't, didn't, I thought there was no atmosphere. I was the opposite. I was just, I felt flat the full the full time. Um, oh, no, I thought it was definitely it was an oppressiveness throughout the whole film. You felt like you felt like so muggy and felt like you're walking through like, like oil trying to find out what's going on, and yeah, you're yeah. sort of it's felt almost swirly in the way the guy's head is. You're sort of living in the the main guy's head, and you're trying to figure out what his mind is like. And it, it no, to me that that totally worked for me. There was there was the, things that needed to be tied up, you know, the stuff with her father, stuff like that felt a bit superfluous. Probably kind of done with not having mm, that in there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I really dug this. I mean, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm, the more I'm liking it, to be honest. The, the, the only positives for me um, were, and it was only like 30 seconds at the end, Tony Todd um, pops <laughs> up. Um, and the mirror scene. The, the, other than that, I was just utterly bored, restless, and not, not interested, not engaged. Like, I love that shot when it's like the, he goes to visit the reporter and the camera pulls out of her house. And you're seeing everybody, yeah. oh. and you see what's happening. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a great you know, the mundanity of murder, essentially. No, I didn't like it. I, I, didn't nah, like it at all. No, sorry, man. Um, no, fair enough, dude. Um, I, I, I had I, a feeling I, when I was watching this film going, Colin loves the candy man. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you'll like this film. And I was sitting there going, like, I don't think Colin's going to like this movie. Yeah. Um, 
again, I've, I've kind of you know trolled through the reviews for it, and it, 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 there is I think more people on my side than than yours with this one. I'm afraid. I'm, I disagree. Oh. I've, I've only had positive reviews so far this film. Oh, stroll through IMDb. Have a wee look through that. If yeah, IMDb's yeah. IMDb's not a, a okay. So let me put it this way: the Rotten Tomatoes score will be a high critical um, score, maybe a mm. middle to average viewership score. Maybe that is that a, is that a better way of putting it? Po- possibly, yeah. Critics are critic, yeah. Critics do that, but I mean they, they, oh, they're yeah. looking at that the film. I'm I'm not looking at the technical aspects. I'm there to be entertained, and it did not. We give it a ten. Um, a, a hard pushed four, Oofed. and to- Tony Todd made up one and a half of that four. Shall we say? <laughs> um, hard pushed four. Todd. Yeah, yeah, hard pushed four. I was, I was kind of three and a half. I, I rounded down. It's, yeah, that's the problem. Is I don't like. That. I can't do halves. But I'm you can't do halves. You want? No, not not in, the, not in IMDb. You can't. Doesn't. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's either a three or a four. Um. So I, I kind of went four, but. On for for our, for our benefit, three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving it yeah. seven. I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. Uh, you you certainly did. You certainly yeah. did. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just too preachy. I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm not a bad person. Um, Again, I, I, I can I'll show you the text I, I sent to one of our friends. Going, this film is very woke. It, it's talking about a lot of things that are very woke. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing Colin talk about it without getting himself cancelled. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, and you've done I, very I'm, well so far. I'm, well, I'm, well not, you, I mean, I'm not a bad person. I don't. No, no, no. I, I kind of get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm fucking for you know change and stuff yes, like that. Yeah. And and do you know what I mean? I've always I been. Mean, I was fucking brought up a communist pretty much by, by my, my dad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And a feminist by my stepmom. You know, I'm. I'm there, do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't, do you mean, let me, just give me candy, man. Just let me have my candy, would, man. That was one of the negatives for me, I would say that. Like the opening discussion amongst the four, when there's the four friends talking, not the, yeah. the, sorry, the, 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 the couple plus the brother and, her, and his husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dialogue there was so on the nose that, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like even hit by a brick. And he's like, okay, like, I get it. And maybe that's what people need to hear sometimes. But it's like, I did feel a little bit like you could be more subtle with this. Then again, maybe they have been subtle in the past and no one fucking listens. So let's just be po- po- possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly. Um, let's just be more more blatant. Yeah. And, and this this word woke is, is becoming more and more part of my vocabulary. And I don't like it because I don't feel it's a word that I necessarily I, I don't feel it applies to me. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I've, I've I've never been asleep. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? I've not been I know a, that sound, yeah, I've not been wanky, people, yeah. Yeah, it sounds wanky, but you know, I'm, I'm I don't need to be woke because you know I'm yeah. I'm me. Do you know what I mean? But if I do not like you, not it's being, not because of anything to do with your color, creed, or religion. It's there's yeah. other, there's another reason behind it. You know, everybody can be a dick. Do you know what I mean? Regardless, yes. uh, you know, I'll judge you on that merit. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter, you know, fucking where you're from. If you're a dick, you're a dick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, I kind of get what you're saying. There's a need for it, and there's people that do need it, you know, rammed down their fucking throats because yeah. that's the only way they're ever, ever going to understand. But, yeah. you know, the Candyman, just give me, don't do it to Candyman for me. Give me give me my film that I wanted to see. Do you know what I mean? That, that's all. That's it. Um, yeah. Interestingly, when you saw the film, did you see the trailer for Halloween, the new Halloween film? No. No, didn't. Oh, I, no, I, I get a trailer for that. That's what I was, I was. I was actually going to go on, a wee, on that note. Stay there, right there. So yeah, okay, it leads me on to my garden path. So, so my garden path this week is um, horror remakes. 
mm-hmm. that have been done that have been done well. What, what what's on the table for that? So I, I've got a couple that I could think of that I thought they've remade a horror and it's it's as good as or possibly better than the original. So I would say the Blob remake. Yes. Um the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. I don't think it's better than the original, but I think it's definitely it's, on a par and it's definitely it's comparable. Yes. I agree. Yeah, yes. Uh, absolutely. Um, I would say the same with the thing. The, the original thing I think is a great yeah. thing. But yeah. the, the other, I mean, the, 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 the um, Carpenter thing Carpenter. is phenomenal. But I don't think yeah. that anyone is better than arguing. Both products are time, but both work very well. But it's just definitely, no, there's no detrimentalness to either or, I would say. Yeah. Um, possibly the, the, the kind of newest Halloween film, which takes me on to what you were saying. No, nah, um, I don't like it. It was, wasn't, I thought it was, thinking that the other remakes have had this way. It's, oh, no, it's, 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 better, it's, yeah. it's better than the other remakes, but it's not better than the original Halloween. But there's really sun pickings when you think Dawn about the dead. remakes. Oh, no, 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 no. Snyder no, no. Dawn is a really good film. It's, it's, it's a, a really good, I don't think, close, man. I, I would give it a okay, close. It's, it's not offensively to the point you go, I'm never going to watch that film again. That's the thing. It's not a film you go, yeah. that shit's on the original. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good version. But it is some, there's, there's not a lot out there at all. Is it? it's, it's kind of just think about it. And I'm like, there's not. When I mean, you look at the amount that has been done poorly, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's just... I, mean, I didn't mind Pet Cemetery last year. No, I thought that was a dreadful remake. You didn't like that yeah. one? No, I wasn't. I was it, a huge, huge fan. The newest it was actually pretty good. Newest it? Yeah. Not part, not part one, but part two was very good. Part, I preferred part one over part two, but that's um, weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd possibly say that was maybe better, actually. Yeah, that, that's oh, yeah. No, it was definitely better than the original, because yeah. it did more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pennywise. Uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise still... Still ages yeah. it, but um, I'm gonna yeah, say Stephen. I'm gonna say Stephen King's um, The Shining was better than Kubrick's Shining because it actually helped the novel. Mm, Kubrick, I've not, I've not seen the Stephen. You talk about the, the miniseries. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It, it, held not, no, not, it held the novel more than it held to the end. Um, I've, <laughs> I've not seen that, but I, I would say The Shining was like for Nicholson's performance. So that was, although it kind of, you know. King wasn't happy with what happened, but you know, like what Kubrick done with it was fucking insane, man. It was that was that was before crazy. We, before we move on to the next film, just quickly, have you watched the new version of The Stand? Um, not yet, no, no. no. I love the old version too much. I've heard stuff about it that, that I know it's not even gonna, yeah. The, that's a good one. I heard the first episodes weren't good. I'm like, I'm just gonna give it a miss, and um, I'm, I'm happy not watching it. Yeah, yeah, happy with it there. But yes, yeah, I think about it, um, and you can get back to me. We'll, we'll kind of banter back and forth off camera about that. But there's not a lot of horrors out there that are come close to the original. So it's, it's a slim, Do you know what slim it's market. And not enough people seen it. The Hills of Eyes. Oh, um, I think the Craven version's got a lot of interesting stuff in it, but ultimately it's a bit, it's not executed that great. But it's a good idea. And then the remake they brought out, like sort of. Early two thousands, yeah, I really um, dug that. I thought it was a really good remake. It, took, it was, it, it was good. I don't quite think it had the the, the kind of grit of the original. Um, a bit too shiny, maybe. But no, it was it's not a bad film at all. No, that's no. a good shout. I don't think it's quite up there, but no, it's it's not far off at all. Again, maybe maybe on a par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good shout. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street was awful. That was maybe awful. The, Jackie, yeah, Werewolf in London's not a remake of anything, is it? It's just sort of taking the werewolf idea, isn't it? It's not really a remake of an art film, is it? Yeah, yeah. One I did think of interestingly that I thought was a better remake was uh, The Mummy, Brendan Fraser's Mummy. Brendan Mummy is phenomenal, yeah. That that took the premise of any mummy film and it just really kind of 
almost redefined it again. Yeah. And that's became your, your go-to for mummy. So that, that was a good one. Um, when I was watching yeah. Jungle Cruise, all I wanted to do was watch the mummy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was having. I watched Mummy. That's all I do. That's all I do. Watch the Mummy. <laughs> out of ten, four. Sorry, what did you give Candyman? Seven. Seven, seven, seven out of ten. ten. Yeah. Oh, so an average of oh, I've brought it down to a five, haven't I? Yeah, about five and a half, five out of ten. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy with that. On from that, we move on to the last <laughs> film, which is on Netflix, and that is a film called Sweet Girl, directed by Brian Andrew Mendoza. Um, it's, a de- it's his debut feature. Um, he was a producer of the show called Frontier. It's on net. I think on Netflix. One set in the Canadian wilderness with Jason Momoa. He likes um, Jason Momoa. Yes. Yeah. So this film is um, the young family. The wife dies of cancer, um, but she could have been saved by a drug that the big pharmaceutical company have got, but they take it off the market. Don't allow her to to use it. Blah blah. Um, so that means that Jason Momoa. I mean, guy, he sort of decides to wreak vengeance um, on the pharmaceutical company who have denied his wife this life-saving drug. Um, that opens up a whole can of worms over why the drug was not available to her, and it begins a sort of a political intrigue of who's suppressing the pharmaceuticals that could help people all in the pursuit of money and power, and it gets oh. into the whole thing. But, yeah. So this this sounds quite cerebral for Jason Momoa. This does, yes. Yeah, sell it to me. Yeah, you've got Jason. I'm not going to sell it to you, sir. Jason Momoa is in, he plays the dad. You've got Isabella Merced, who is, um, we know her best as Dora. Oh, she's Speaking of films that were really good based on the audience you watched them with, Dora is one. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I had a great time. Yeah. Um, Manuel Garcia Ruffalo. Uh, I'm Amy Brennan. Um, I think she's judging Amy, isn't she? Um, mm. Adria Arjona as well is in the film. So, um, Momoa is the main draw in this film. He's sort of the, the main man, as he would say. Um, it's a very formulaic action film. It's trying not to be like a taken. You know, it's trying to sort of rise above that and be and be less of that. So by putting the sort of like making the social points and the political intrigue into it, it's trying to sort of rise above it. Um, does it do it well? Not particularly. Um, stunts and action scenes, are, they're well staged. They look all right. They look good. But there's just there's not enough to hold your interest. You know, it's sort of like... See the way we, we watched, what was the one we watched recently? We hated that. G.I. G.I. Joe, right? The action scenes in that were yeah. terribly done, right? And you, you're like, yeah. watch that. These ones, they're not terribly done. They're all very competent, all well staged, well done. But you go, I've seen it all before. There's nothing really that makes me like sort of really, you know, that kind of way. So it's the generic action scenes. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, there is a major, I'm not going to really there's a major twist in this film that happens about 25 minutes from the end, maybe 20 minutes from the end that absolutely does not work. Like 100% does not make sense, should not make sense. And the fact that it even remained in the script after the second draft tells me there was no second draft of this script. Wow. It does not work. It makes okay. absolutely no sense within the concept of the movie. Um, so a bit like a bizarre, just what, why? Yeah. It was? It's, like this it's, it makes no it's, sense. It's one of those ones, you know, like, it was all a dream type things. It's one of those kind of ones you go, what? Yeah. No, what? what? It's like, <laughs> you could have went in five different directions. You could have went in 150 different directions. <laughs> one of the directions was not that direction. I <laughs> went in that direction. You know, so I'm like, that's fucking weird. It didn't make any well, sense. Someday at a padded cell somewhere thinking, that was really clever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm almost, I didn't really like this film a lot, but I'm almost tempted to watch it again just to see if the twist holds up. Rewatching it, <laughs> and I don't think it will to be honest. Because at no point you go, Oh, that's what this is going to be because there's no inkling of it. You go, 
There's absolutely no like it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, okay. Momoa, like I don't know what you think of Momoa. He has got a he is sort of a big hulking kind of like kind of half charming guy. Hmm. He can't act. He's I was going, well, that's what I was going to say. I don't think he's got a star pool the way no. The Rock or even John Cena has and no. stuff like yeah, that. And that's um, the problem is. He's, he's one saving grace, his big film is Aquaman, but that's down to the character, possibly that's, the direction the and the, the, the budget, but anything else I've seen him in, I, I've never been overly impressed with him. No, um, and that's the point. I think in, he gets away with Aquaman because Aquaman's attached to a franchise that mm. already has a pre-existing audience that will flock to the big budget movie. He's really, yeah. got, he's, he's really got to run away from shit and just sort of look tough and mean in that film, and he's fine. Yeah. This film, he just doesn't, there's, there's no, it's just, he's got no interest. And for a guy, a guy who is a big fucking handsome boy, you know, you think he's yeah. some sort of stage presence and some sort of screen presence, but he really doesn't, other than just being a big guy. And he, he is, this film feels very straight to DVD, straight to video, you know, that kind of movie. And I yeah. think without Aquaman behind him, I think that's where Jason Momoa's sort of like career will lie post, you know, DC. Yeah, I just yeah. can't see him, you know, being one of these kind of guys who's going to be in films, you know, sort of like the next army or the next whatever, you know, he's going to be, he will be a lot of sort of like, you know, if it's maybe lucky to make it put in cinema. You know, it reminds me of who's the big guy who played Deathstroke and he's a big, big, big lad. He's married to Vera big funny guy. He played um, Alcide in um, Vampire Diaries, uh, not Vampire Diaries, um, oh, Joe, 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 Joe Manganiello. Yeah, him. Yeah, he's yeah. got that kind of vibe to him—a big, handsome fucker, but just doesn't quite have that extra something that makes yeah. him the movie. The stuff. He's missing, missing the X factor, um, you know. And Mike was... is very. Both seem to be really nice guys. They both seem to have a lot of charm behind them. Fun, like, yeah, yeah, fun. But they don't have that wee extra, just that oomph that makes you go, right? I want to watch a film with him in the lead, and that's yeah. like the big problem. There's just he doesn't yeah. have that that pull. There was one I seen um, again on Netflix. I'm, I'm going to say last year I watched it. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was Momoa again, and it was a similar one where they kidnapped his daughter or they tried to kill his daughter, and he had to go into the woods and kill them. Bad match, Sugar Mountain, Sugar m- Mountain. Maybe, but it yeah. was very similar to what you're saying. It was like you know the action sequences were generically done. Um, Momoa. There was no charisma exuding from him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was kind of doing the lines and stuff for that, but it not there wasn't that rock charisma or oh. Jimmy Arnold Schwarzenegger Stallone. There was just I there's just not that that you've not got that magnetism to him. Um, which, Even the Rock in his first film, he done like Scorpion King or not Scorpion King, Mummy Two, right? Mummy Two is not mm. a great film, but there was yeah. something about the Rock in that for me. So that, that guy's got something about him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and there's other guys like you go like they, they like I don't particularly like a lot of Statham films. But there's yeah. definitely a charm to that guy that sort of makes you want to keep watching him. And there's something, in fact, yeah. Even Vin Diesel's got a little something. You go, I don't go, but Vin, but he's got something that makes him a movie star as opposed to yeah. a TV yeah, star. You, he's a you're movie drawn star. To him, you, you're watching him and seeing him. It's, yeah, my mom's just. It's a, and again, from what I've kind of seen in interviews and stuff like that, it does seem like you know he's, he's a genuinely nice guy. He seems to be, you know, he's like, um, you know, I'm happy where I am in Hollywood yeah. and stuff like that. And he has a lot of fun with it. But yeah, he's just. He, I don't think he's ever going to break out and be. You know the, the, the kind of levels that we're discussing, but these are kind of big names. Which yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that time they tried to make. Remember they tried to make like Sam Worthington the next big action star, and everyone kind of went, yeah. "Nah, yeah. it's not happening, buddy." 
I feel that Although, that, that may happen with these Avatar films coming back again. You never know. There's, there's, <laughs> um, it, it, it may. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's too old now. Maybe we're going to do a Nissan boom and kind of shoehorn them into this. The biggest film in the world, but can you name his character name in that film? Oh, shit. No, I can't. No. Blue his guy. His name is Jake Sully. Jake Sully, that's it. Yeah, there I see, see you, Jake. I see you, Jake, Jake Sully. Sully. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so this film, like I said, it's, it's a very standard straight-to-DVD movie. Um, it's, you know, watching at home, there's nothing... It will hold your attention to the time it's on. You will, but, like, maybe you get to the final three minutes go, fuck off, that doesn't work. Um, and I'm always wanting you to watch it just to go, what? So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm kind of pushing for you to watch it just for that moment. I'll I'll watch it next week or something. But now you know it's coming. You know. I think you'll maybe like sort of be looking for it more because I wasn't expecting it because no one should no one should expect it. But no if should. I'm looking, but if I'm looking for it and still can't see it, it's just reinforcing what you're saying <laughs> yes. even more. Then so so that's that's a kind of good challenge right there. If I can see it coming, then yes, you know. right, okay, uh, yeah, challenge accepted. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. I think was this. Um, is this the Netflix original? I'm not sure because Netflix hasn't, they didn't have that Netflix original thing at the start. It was almost like they bought it, you know, from somewhere after it's been done. So, not right, 100% sure. Because right. it looked budget, I mean, look, there was a budget behind it. It was, didn't look cheap anyway. It looked like, it, it, you know, probably about a decent bit of money behind it. Um, yeah. Just an extra pass on the script would probably been required. Is, is there, so here's a kind of interesting question Is there a curse on Game of Thrones actors? Because Momoa, Game of Thrones, um, what's her face? Khaleesi, Game yeah, of Thrones. Kit Harrington, Game of Thrones. The only one that seems to be get, what, kind of holding his on is um, the Scottish boy um, who done the bodyguard and stuff. Like no, that. no, 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 no. The, the, um, what's her name who played the? I don't know the Game of Thrones one. She's in Judge Dredd. Oh, but she was uh, she was established before Game of oh, Thrones. Was she right? okay. Whereas all these other ones were kind of this is where they you know this is where they came from. Um, I, I don't know. There just seems to be a bit. You know, they, they all kind of they're all trying to break out and they're all they're all a bit crap. <laughs> I don't know. I Sorry, think, but, but, but they are. I think Amelia Clark's doing not bad. I think she's doing no. all right so far. She's um, yet to convince me in anything she's done. Not even so last far. Christmas. I thought she was very cute in last Christmas. She was quite adorable in I that. Thought, I hated that film passionately. Did you? That, that made me really sick. So that she was actually sick. for the time she was on screen, she was the only thing I really enjoyed in the, the solo of Star Wars story. No, um, no, nah, I thought she was a bit kind of bland in that as well. Mm. Uh, she, was not, she was not a good Sarah yeah. Connor, I'll give you that. She was not a good Sarah was, Connor. No, there's just nothing she's done that I've thought, you know, she, she's gonna, you know, she, she's box office draw. Um, same with Kit, Kit Harrington. Anything he's been in has been yeah. pretty bad. Pom, Pompey being well, a fine example. The, they, well, they really... Yes, but Kit Harrington and Amelia <laughs> Clark are now part of the MCU, so they'll be um, making a big oh, mm, Yeah, that, that, that's gonna be interesting seeing mm. seeing Kit Harrington hammering it up for yeah. She's in, she's, in, she's in Secret Invasion. Oh, right, okay. Right, mm-hmm. so, so that was... But yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I can't remember the Scottish boy's name. What's his name? He played... Um, he was in The Bodyguard and he played the, the manager in um, Elton John's story, stuff like that. He, oh, I know what you're talking about, yes. Um, yeah, he, is, Richard, is it Richard to, something? Yeah, Richard something. But he seems to be staying away from big movies, focusing on, you know, these clever kind of TV dramas and stuff like that and people are loving Richard him, Madden man. Madden yeah he, he's, he's also in internal well. he's gonna be in internals as well he's moving into yeah. big, big ass films as well he's in mm-hmm. uh, he, he's a, I think from what I saw the trailer of the Eternals makes him out to be like sort of the main the main also, man in it yeah. to be honest yeah 
Yeah, he. I think I'm convinced by him, but anyone else that's kind of you know started out in Game of Thrones, they've not they've not convinced me at all yet. He was an Ibiza, which gives him a knockdown, you know, because anyone in that film is instantly knocked down a little bit. Yeah, was he that's, bad in it though? I don't know. That film now got two mentions on this podcast um, today, which is quite amazing. That Ibiza got two mentions. Three, uh, three mentions. Three mentions now. Say it five times and see what happens. I'd rather see fucking Candyman than see Ibiza again, to be honest. <laughs> like the actual Candyman. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sweet Girl, I will give a very solid, not very solid, a very average five out of ten to. And okay. part of that is, most of that is for the, the sheer hotspur, the balls, the sheer cojones <laughs> for that twist. Because <laughs> to, 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 to fire in that with that was, it requires somebody to go, fuck them, I don't care what I'm, I'm doing it. And that's, that, to me, that is, it requires, it, it deserves some level of applause, you know, because it's... It, it's it, my film, I will do what I fucking want with yeah, it. Yeah, um, very much like that. So, right, for okay. doing it, it doesn't make any sense, but God damn it, you've at least swung for the fence with that bad boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is us for this week. Next week, it's a very light week next week because the first Marvel, no, second Marvel film since lockdown is now hitting the big screens, um, yep. and that is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which we're yep. both very excited about. Um, so we're yeah, talking um, about that probably at length next week. Yes, um, yes. And I'll try and find some other stuff to watch and see if I can find something else of interest to watch, but there's very, very little out this now. Um, because, well, as always... This is, you, this is your excuse to go and see The Night House. This, this, is, is, it, this is what it'll be, yeah. Anything, anything that happens to still be in the cinema this week, not running Sailor Shang-Chi, is prime for me to go and see this week. I'll be looking for stuff to go and see. Um, cool. So we may talk more in depth about the night house next week if I can get to watch that. We can kind of delve deeper okay. into it. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. Tell me where to find us. You can find us at Free Beers and a Movie on Instagram. Uh, we've got a wee Gmail account. You can email us on. We're on um, Facebook as well. We're on Twitter. We're, we're all over social media. We're there. Yeah. Look us up, man. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Take time to find us. Um, let us know what you think. Um, are, are we candy man? Are we right? Are we wrong? Have you ever said it five times in front of a mirror? Uh, yeah. ah. <laughs> Jason, Mom- Jason Momoa is he a star? Is he not? Tell us, tell us what you think. That's that's you know, feed us, get, give us, give us, give us your your, your thoughts. You know, let us know. Good horror remake. Oh yeah, let us know your ideas there. Um, we've given you a few there, and we'll, we'll continue with some more as we come up with them. Um, so yeah, look us up. And- Give us your thoughts. I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and we've been Three Beers in a Movie.